With traffic, errands, and parking, cars can be a chore. But a great car can be an adventure, a getaway, and a prized possession. Whatever your budget or family require, there's a car out there you'll love. We're here to help you find it. I'm Todd. I'm Paul. And this is the Everyday Driver Car Debate. Was on a family vacation during our last podcast. We actually pre-recorded. I was on a family vacation. I want to talk yeah. later about the car because we actually had a great press car for this. It was the uh, TRD Sport version, which is the second up from the bottom trim of the Toyota Sequoia. The big boy. The big boy. Yeah. So in like charcoal, we're trying to black it out. Great. <laughs> yeah. So I had that with uh, myself, my wife. Blacking it out means sport. You know it. Didn't you know that? It actually has uh, different suspension tuning, which is an interesting thing. Okay. I want to talk about right. that a little All further right, at the back of the podcast because some of you have questions about that specifically. I want to get into it. But I had that realization, and I think I've talked about this before, that generational realization mm. that I think doesn't occur. It didn't occur to me, but I don't think it occurs ever until you have your own kids. Okay. Because I'm, I'm sure this covers a lot of things. True, true, true. But, but here's the thing. <laughs> like Name the, Look, I've been, I've name been, the thing. I've been, I've been out of my parents' house more than 20 years at this point. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. So decades. Right, right, right. But then you have kids, and what happens is you wind up in this really weird situation when your parents visit. Because now you are simultaneously parent and child. Yeah. I'm sure, and the yeah. dynamic is odd. And your kids sense it. <laughs> And it depends on your relationship with your parents. How did it this manifest No, not necessarily. No, I, this didn't on the trip necessarily. Okay, it's ahead. just I've seen it happen to friends of mine. I've seen it happen in my own family. Right. The right. kids sense the power shift. They sense the sure, fact that there sure. is a weird power shift related to the fact that your parent parent is here. Mm-hmm. Okay? Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the grandkids are... I don't think it's just me. Grandkids are just nuts around their grandparents. Sure. Well, they're spoiled rotten. They're they're spoiled endlessly with no repercussions. And so, the grandparents get to leave. Yes. So it was Here's me and a my bag wife of candy. and Bye-bye. my son and my parents went to Yellowstone, which is <laughs> over 300 miles in a car together and then multiple days in the car together. This is the thing about Yellowstone. Yellowstone's a driving trip. That is park it? is huge. I've, I've actually never been. The park is huge. So we did a lot of driving. I had a lot of those moments where it was like, that's why I don't live with you anymore. <laughs> I had a lot of those moments, but ultimately we had a very good family vacation. We had a good car for it, so I will talk about that later. I am back and excited and raring to go because we have a podcast ahead of us. Yes, we do. Guys, thank you for joining us. Really appreciate it. Just want to really thank our TV sponsors again, Covercraft and Grills Garage. You've heard us say it before, but really we feel like part of their family too. So use the code every day to get anything 10% off and we've even seen somebody comment it said uh, on the Covercraft website yeah, it actually yeah, negated yeah. the shipping too so it mm-hmm. even saved people more money which is great absolutely, absolutely. so we're really thrilled we're uh, looking at season 5 is fully on Amazon now absolutely and thanks to these sponsors that made it happen mm-hmm. we're just wrapping up the actual season on the Motor Trend Cable Channel yep. but now it has finally fully pushed to Amazon and mm-hmm. thanks to these guys for making it happen and uh, we look forward to a great relationship with them in the future too yeah, so it's Use you be vocal when you're ordering stuff and totally. you're refilling your no. Griot's products. Just be vocal, say in the notes like, "Hey, you know, whatever you want to say is fine." They, they're they're they noticing actually that stuff. see it absolutely, which is great. absolutely. And, and many of you guys had mentioned because it's the end of the summertime and it's still very hot everywhere, even here, that uh, you're loving your sunscreens from uh, Covercraft yeah. as I am as well. And yeah. so uh, so I'm really glad that you're talking about those. Those are awesome. And yes, season five, all of it. You can do the buy season option on Amazon right now if you're in the U.S. It's or finally the UK. wrapped That's because all there. The episode six was 
episodes added so yes. we can finally close it out yes, yes. wrap it up so buy season, season right? is now available which is the better way to do it because you do save some money that way and if you are elsewhere in the world that includes Canada I'm sorry I don't know why but all of you have to get it from Vimeo but it is all available on Vimeo as well thank you to those of you that are doing it if you've seen this season by the way do me a favor rate it on Amazon that does help us. It helps people find it. But you've got to select the right drop-down menu to season five. Because you can season rate five. each yeah, season, rate, which is rate, fine. Which we'd love that. But, right, right, but help right. us with season five ratings because that's really cool. I think it takes half dozen ratings or so before it even populates a rating. So we, we need a little bit of rating help there. That would be mm-hmm, great. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I'm just excited that it's all out. And this uh, Saturday, by the way, tomorrow, happy Friday, is uh, episode five of season five, which is the Twins episode, Accidental Twins episode. Yeah, yeah. And then next Saturday, while you and I are in Germany, is the episode six that hasn't even played on cable yet. That's the Z4 and the Boxster will play a week from now. Yeah, absolutely. Well, guys, also you can find on the website the link to our GoFundMe, which is the Phaeton versus the XJR, the the uh, big sedan challenge is what we're yes, calling it. Yes. And we are actually putting, well, we're not putting content yet together, but the idea is there, okay? And that is yeah. these two very cheap sedans, what do they like to drive, but what do they like in comparison to some mm-hmm. future, like the hottest, most loaded S-Class, Maybach yes. version, yes. whatever that is, and we drive them for not only YouTube content, but also for television content, in addition to road trips mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. everything we can possibly think to get out of these as not just entertainment. I mean, it mostly is, but it's <laughs> along the lines of, huh, so that came up and they're like seven grand. Yeah. Should I get that? Because I wonder what they're like. Well, our friend Dale in Seattle <laughs> just found somewhere down the block from him somebody selling a 90s 7 series now this is the one that was in the James Bond film that got I always control there's that was They're honestly so i think cool. the best looking generation 7 series he found one for like 600 bucks and he asked us if it should be a lemons car what's and wrong then, with it does it exactly. have an engine yeah it, it's probably the V12 and half the cylinders work it's got cylinder shut off no no it's just broken uh, <laughs> exactly. so so that but because it's 600 bucks he was like is this a lemons car or should this be added to the sedan challenge i'll i'll be really candid right here i'm amazed by the level of generosity that's been shown to that big sedan challenge so far at the same time i don't know if it's going to happen i mean truthfully we have no idea truthfully uh we're only going to keep that gofundme available through middle of october maybe maybe halloween and then we're going to cut it off we either have made enough money to get those cars or we haven't and we so, push all the money back and just yeah, say thanks we for have the support. It, we'll, we'll send it back, but hopefully we'll yeah. get enough to, to actually take the plunge on that. I'm not holding my breath yeah. because the whole thing is such a crazy idea, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. So also on the website, you can find the link to the Atlanta meetup October mm-hmm. 25th yeah, to the 27th, 2019. That is coming at us. And so far, we're about two-thirds full, right? We are about, about two-thirds full for most of the 19 people have registered yeah, for yeah, various yeah. things. And uh, you can do a la carte. You can do any and everything. Mm-hmm. But the the small fees on there are for res- reservations. So we know how many people are going to what yep. dinner or what event and just kind of helps us plan and you know take care of uh, the restaurants that we're going to be Cover attending. Cover all the so, admin and all that, that work for and, sure. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm pretty excited. Mercedes is actually supporting us with a couple of very cool cars that we get we've to got, take the show there. Yeah, we've got good press cars as in, well. In addition to what we're going to be shooting there. So we're hoping to yeah. shoot hopefully two TV episodes during the week prior and then... Holy cow. Yeah, that's have a meetup. Yeah, it's that's going to be a, a heavy-duty week in Atlanta for sure. The cameras will be on. And then there was this email from Mike G who wrote to us <laughs> yesterday. And I, I said, Mike, can I share this on the podcast? It's really fun. He said, yeah, go ahead. So he writes to us and says, I'm sure I'm not the only one that looks at cars incessantly and emails and calls dealers for their internet price. Mm-hmm. 
His wife, his friends, everybody in his world have ridiculed him because he's usually <laughs> less than serious. And they say, what a waste of time. Why are you doing this? Mm-hmm. So what he did was <clears throat> he had registered with a dealer group and he was notified that he was illegally robocalled by this dealer group that he inquired with and was part of a class action suit. So he filled out the paperwork and received a $180 check in the mail. <laughs> so that goes to show that you can actually make money wasting time looking for cars unseriously. That's insane. It's insane. Like, I can't believe this happened. He even sent a picture of the check just yeah. to prove it. <laughs> Yeah, so I, I love that you get to rub that in everybody's face and say, look, I made 180 bucks just to look. <laughs> I made 180 bucks wasted other people's time, and I know what cars cost. It's awesome. This will never happen to any one of us, but, you know, it's, there's a little bit of justification. You can say, hey, I yeah. heard from a guy on the I podcast. I know about a guy who did this thing. And he made money. He actually made money from this robocall Ridiculous. class action thing. Ridiculous. Very funny. Hilarious. Well, uh, we've got a great couple of debates I love all the questions that you guys have posted up. We haven't posted actually for a week, ones. and yeah. it's like there's a pent up demand. I can't believe it. There's some great it. questions today. I look forward to getting to a oh, lot of these. Yeah, yeah. no kidding. Yeah, yeah. All right, so first off, we've got Joshua M. He's out in Chicago, and he said, I figure this will be kind of interesting and different for the podcast. Yeah. He lives in a quiet neighborhood in Chicago, he says, but he's got trouble parking spots in front of his house. <laughs> he said, I know the street is public space, but his property is two car lengths wide. Mm-hmm. And sometimes people parking there take the whole space with just one car. So they park in the middle of, of his property and yeah. leave unless you're driving like a smart car. You can't get anything else <laughs> exactly. in there. Yeah. Back it into the curb. Yeah, exactly. He says, well, usually this is badly timed because he'll be coming home right at the moment when there's a car parked there. Of course there. you are. He's got groceries, yeah. kids, luggage, something. And so he has to park a distance away to avoid doing the same thing to somebody else. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But so he says, my passive-aggressive millennial self had the idea to find a dirt-cheap vehicle to park strategically enough to always leave an extra space. <laughs> so you're, you've got a curb, a curb placeholder. You're going to spend money on a curb <laughs> exactly. placeholder is where this is going. Yeah, Exactly. So first off, he says, two questions. Am I a terrible person for wanting to do this? He says, you know, the culprit is often an old lady. Well, what if it were your grandmother or your mother or somebody? I mean, yeah, yeah. she needs you know access to but yeah he says if i do this what should i consider under two thousand dollars <laughs> wow buying a car just to park yeah it's a placeholder car yeah oh my gosh but but i you know what actually i have to say this though to backing up a step to joshua's credit he's also acknowledging that he currently drives an is lexus is yes yes and he's realizing that it has a lot of mileage and it doesn't get great gas mileage and it's not a very good winter car so in a perfect world his wife's car parks in the garage, by the way. In a perfect world, this under $2,000 beater would also become the winter beater. So it's the placeholder car for parking, but it also theoretically <laughs> could do winter duty. You mean it actually has to start and run and he's, move? He's saying it'd be nice if it did. I mean, that's, yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's just a shell we dropped and, off at And they have a soon-to-be 16-year-old, so wouldn't it be cool if this car also worked for sure? You could drive that one. I don't care. Exactly. There's a lot of the, there's a lot this car has to do, Joshua, for $2,000, by the way. Oh, I, uh, I mean, this I, is a tall yeah, order you're, you're, hard, you're hard-pressed to get a scooter that's going to be reliable yeah. to do all these things for $2,000. Exactly. Anyway, yeah. He says he's literally open to anything. Budget can be flexible. He's looking at me, but, you know, I don't know it, that it's that flexible. Maybe 500 bucks either well, way. Yeah. Maybe. He says it just can't be an eyesore or too big to ruin the entire strategy. <laughs> huh. So the $600 7 Series BMW <laughs> in Seattle is probably out. 
what a great long car to just yes. park. Yes, except It'll it be probably takes up too much space. Yeah, it probably does. I mean, because I was thinking like a 1965 Pontiac Catalina wagon, you know, something really long. Yeah, but now he's filled both spaces. Eyesore ish. Yeah. But then it's like when I went to my cousin's wedding in Brazil. Okay. He got married in 07, okay. and yeah, we yeah. as a family went down to Rio de Janeiro. Okay, yeah. And. I had I had no idea about the car dynamics of Rio. Mm-hmm. No clue. Brazil's nuts. There are um, not a lot of nice cars floating around. No. The reason is, is because everybody parks their cars on the street parallel. Mm-hmm. So they're all in a line. Well, I guess they're not parallel to each other. They're just all in a straight line, you know, on, on the curb. Yeah, 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 yeah. And everybody leaves them in neutral. So if you need a, there's a little bit of a space. I'm going to bumpity bump that mm-hmm. car forward and it just tap, 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 rolls forward. And then you bump that car back because they're bumpers. Let's yeah. use our bumpers. Yeah, yeah. And then subsequently it opens up just enough space where you get your compact whatever Staggering. in there. Staggering. You park and then somebody else does it to you. So you leave it just mm-hmm. in neutral and you just bump, bump, bump back and forth. And these cars are like, they continually get shuffled and bumped back and forth. I, Astounding. I will never forget multiple days of sitting in traffic in Sao Paulo when I was down there for, for work for the film industry and going along in a little hatchback and realizing there were six lanes of traffic going along. And then if you noticed, there were only four lanes painted, by the way. We're just going <laughs> six lanes of traffic down the road at a crawl. Uh, you know what? I also, there's this, and I forget what it's called, but there was this thing. Actually, somebody made a good living. You know, you make random car accessories and somebody makes a good living off it. Sure. Here in Park City, we are guilty, by the way, of the car eyelashes. That was invented by a woman here in Park City. Yeah, I still and can't I'm horrified. That's our claim to fame. Yeah, exactly. Really? Our car claim to fame is horrible. But. Except that now we're from here, so we're trying to redeem it. Moving on. Right, right. But in New York for a while, I think it was middle New York, they had the, it looks like a, a floor mat, but they had a mat you would keep oh, in your trunk right. and it would be on little pieces of webbing and you would open your trunk when you park in New York and flop this out so it's this protector for your bumper and then close your trunk. So somebody could run into your bumper and they would damage the mat. And I forget what it was called. That's it had some right. goofy name. You damage the mat instead of the car. And what always made me laugh, I've seen it here, I've seen it in Salt Lake, and I've seen it in LA. When you wind up somewhere and somebody's done that in one of those cities, I'm like, huh, you're not from around here, are you? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> anyway. I guess you wouldn't need one from the front because if everybody theoretically had these mats flopped over the bumper, theoretically. then everybody, you just sort of bump into the mat and theoretically. back and forth. So we're, you could do that. You could, yeah. So Joshua's got a, a $2,000 budget for this car that is mainly a, a, let's be honest, it's kind of a brick. But you know, you know what, honestly, this is, what Josh was buying is an inconspicuous, nobody's going to ask questions, cones for himself. If you oh, could yeah. go out there with street cones and put them up and nobody would bother you, he'd probably just do that. In fact, Joshua, I, I asked the question, you live in a quiet neighborhood. Could you put out cones? <laughs> but but, <laughs> but I don't know. they cheaper than a car. It, it might be an interesting experiment. Oh. You could do that. but <sighs> The neighbors would get wise after about a week and a half. But here's my big my big. There's no kind construction of, in front of his house, and he's got cones there my, still. My concern for you, Joshua, is this. You have somebody or somebody's on your block that park in this space and take up this space that you would like to use. Mm-hmm. You're thinking that if you fill half of it, that person will park elsewhere. Why? Wouldn't this same little old lady, yeah. theoretically, or, or other neighbor, whoever it is, wouldn't they see a car parked in half the space and just park behind it? And you right. still are walking as far. It's just now both spaces got filled. I, I, I'm, I'm really right. wondering, okay, they park there and they take up two spaces because the space is available and they're being cautious. But I really do have to wonder, and I don't have any way to answer, so you're going to have to figure it out. Won't they just 
make room and, and park themselves in the space that you leave available, I don't think it guarantees that space is going to be there for you. So he does need a single long car, like a beater pickup truck or a Catalina station only if, wagon. But only if he wants to move it. This is the problem. Yeah. And can you not park in your driveway, by the way? Anyway, that's a side note. I, I, I don't have answers to so these questions. So what needs to happen is Phaetons are really long. So if we can get the GoFundMe, so we get the Phaeton and the XJR, and, and then, then we he, give it to Joshua. quote, unquote, wins the raffle. Yes, we give it to Joshua. And suddenly he's got a Phaeton He's parked. got a Phaeton solving the parking problem, and his 16-year-old's driving a Phaeton. This has layers of bad. Hey, formerly $90,000 luxury car from Volkswagen. Yeah. Huh. Well, I mean, you could go the single car route, but then what if... What if your 16-year-old takes the car somewhere and then the space is unoccupied and yeah. then at 4.30, 5 o'clock when everybody starts to get home, mm -hmm. then they're not home and somebody takes the space anyway? I, the, my concern here is that I don't know that this really solves your problem. Crime scene tape, maybe? <laughs> Do not cross police tape. <laughs> police tape. Cones. These yeah. things theoretically could actually create – because what you're trying to do is you're trying to create a guaranteed space for yourself. And I don't mm. think – that the extra car necessarily does it. I know what you're thinking, that if I take up half, then the person that is concerned won't fill the other half, but I'm not sure that holds up. Yeah. Well, so that therefore you need a smaller car that will just take up one of the theoretical two Who spaces knows? Who knows? and leave the other one open. So you're parked yeah. there all the time, and they would take either the you know in front or behind of the car. I still think whatever's available is going to get taken, and now you, yeah. have, now you, Joshua, have an extra car to figure out where it goes. Hmm. Anyway, Everybody all of that the to block say, needs to subscribe. All of that to say, right? shopping for cars under two grand. I'm going to try to tackle that real quick. Okay. I put this – look, we've talked about this before. We've talked about the $5,000 car and the caution that we always do. And look, I bought the $5,000 Mini. I bought the you know $10,000 Lancer. I bought cheap cars. We'll continue to. But you have to prepare yourself when you're buying a car at around five grand, or in this case less. What does it need? Mm -hmm. It yeah. will probably need something. It may just need brakes and tires, but brakes and tires are probably going to cost you about $1,000 when you're done. So yeah, you know, depending on the car, if yeah. you spent $2,000, you put brakes and tires on it, you've now got a $3,000 car right away. Yeah. It doesn't mean it will need something catastrophic, but I suspect if you buy a car this cheap, it will need something right away or in the first six months. That's something to keep in mind. $2,000, in my mind, this is how you shop for that car. I'm not even going to give you recommendations because this is a Craigslist, oh my gosh, look what's available kind of shopping experience. <laughs> That's how you shop with five thousand. Thing below. with wheels for two thousand dollars. No, you just you can't believe what you just saw listed yeah. for twenty five hundred dollars. That's yeah. what I would do. I would go on Craigslist in your local area. I would put in a three thousand dollar cap, which I know is above your budget, but just to see what stuff's above two grand. Put in three thousand uh, dollar cap and start scrolling, and surprise yourself with, huh? <laughs> somebody's selling one of those in my budget because sure. you yeah. never know. There's no way for us to really calculate this. Theoretically, you know, the, the Japanese products are going to be more reliable and probably going to keep running better, theoretically, but you can get the oddball. I had the world's greatest, most reliable Mini for $4,900. Which is astounding. So I think this is going to be, look what I found money. Oh, my mm -hmm. gosh. Huh. I had no idea somebody was selling that. Go look at that car. I mean, Joshua, by the way, if you find an XJR or a Phaeton for under three grand, please do let us know and send us the link just in case. We'll, we'll travel. That's fine. I'll come yeah. to Chicago and drive a, drive a cheap Phaeton get home. on a plane. Hopefully drive it home. Exactly. Might get stuck somewhere in Kansas. But anyway. Oh, I'm in Kansas. <laughs> I was actually thinking about Honda CRXs because mm -hmm. of how small they are mm -hmm. and how they just run. Yeah, they'll need some maintenance, but they're cheap to maintain. And CRXs, mm -hmm. I'm talking from... 
you don't have to get the second generation, even though that's my favorite, like the yeah. 1990, yeah, yeah, yeah. 91 CRXs. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I have seen folks who had long commutes. I've seen CRXs with 300,000 miles. Yeah, I agree. And they're just agree, they're peppy yeah. and they run and they're great. And you think, what? What's wrong with this car? It yeah. just runs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Why wouldn't I buy it for fifteen hundred bucks or whatever? Sure, yeah. And you're in Chicago. Winter tires. Mm-hmm. The season is approaching soon when we'll start talking yep. more about winter tires. We will but, bore you all with winter tires because yeah. the the snow will it's, come here. It's yes. coming for sure. But you know, I'm just thinking CRX put winter tires on it. Mm-hmm. If you get one for fifteen hundred bucks, high mileage. Say it's got close to two hundred thousand miles. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, it's probably just going to run. Even that first gen. A roommate of mine in college had one yep. that just ran despite his best efforts to kill it. Yes, I remember both of those truths. Oh, it just ran mm-hmm. inexplicably. Yep. And like, okay, Honda CRX is just stuck in my brain one from of, here on out. One of the first examples I saw of a car running in spite of someone was that car you're talking it about. It just yep. ran. I mean, the, the transmission did funny things, and it would you know do that weird transmission creep, so you'd put it in gear and take off like a rocket without even touching the accelerator. <laughs> Like, whoa, Yeah, need to adjust the idle there. Hang on. Well, it was one of those cars where when you got in it and to drive it, he was always like, okay, so remember this and remember this. And remember, shouldn't this car just work? Exactly. But anyway, yeah. Exactly. Slide across the seat. The key doesn't actually work. So, <laughs> And the car diesels when you turn it off. Yeah, you'll, you'll, buy, you'll buy into all those fun things, Joshua. Hopefully we've been somewhat helpful here. We've got folks from around the world who frequently ask us about the roads we shoot on, but they also ask us about great driving roads near them. Now there's an app that will help anyone worldwide discover and share the best driving roads everywhere. Driveline app allows you to easily record and classify your favorite road. You can even mark great pit stops and attach photos and videos if you like. With Driveline, you can follow people in great areas. You can search an area you've never seen, and if you find a route you like, you select Drive It, and you'll be guided to the beginning of a new favorite drive. You can even earn points and patches for your activity on the app. These build up toward actual car giveaways. That's right. As the community grows, Driveline will be giving away cars to members, and your postings and drivings get you entered to win. We've never seen anything like this, and we love the mixture of community and great drives. You can get in early right now to help shape the app and the community as well. Download Driveline to your phone today, start sharing your favorite roads, meet other drivers, and find a new route for your next adventure. We're often asked how we find the cars that we recommend to all of you listening. Whether it's local or nationwide, our searches start with Auto Tempest. Instead of searching each car shopping site separately, you can enter all your parameters for the car you're looking for into Auto Tempest one time, and then you can search for them all at once. See results from Cars.com, Cars Direct, eBay, and more, or you can jump to Auto Trader or Car Gurus without entering anything new. Same parameters, new site. You can even search all of Craigslist. Think about how hard it is to search Craigslist nationwide, one at a time. Autotempest.com has got you covered there all at once. Autotempest can help you find your next new or used car, whether there's a dozen in your neighborhood or two in the country. Plus, the people at Autotempest listen to this podcast, and they're always refining the site for more features. They've got research tools, buyer and seller guides, and they're listening to what their users need. So if you're doing your own drive homework, you're chasing your dream car, or just looking to feed the disease, as we are all the time, Autotempest.com is your place to start. Summer's here, and with that comes sunshine and blistering hot car interiors. I know that leather seat seemed like a great idea at the time until you scalded your legs. All you need is a custom sunscreen from Covercraft. These foldable sunscreens fit perfectly in the windshield of your car, and they keep your car a lot cooler while you're off enjoying the sunshine or whatever you're doing. I have used these for years, and I, I'm telling you, I swear by them. 
These custom sunscreens from Covercraft are available in a whole range of colors, and they're a simple, affordable way for you to keep your car cooler all summer long and protected from damaging UV rays all year long. We swear by our custom sunscreens from Covercraft. It's one of our favorite car accessories. And remember, you can get 10% off your car sunscreen by using the code EVERYDAY right now at Covercraft.com, or you can follow the link from our sponsors page. We have a distinctly different debate for number two yeah, here. Yeah, big time. Big from time. Steve in Manhattan, mm-hmm. who needs to fill up the garage. <laughs> and you caught that need <laughs> word, right? You caught that? Well, what I like is, we're getting there. This is a remote garage. That's the, the other part of it I really like. <laughs> exactly. I just have the, the description, which is a fantastically Manhattan, New York description. I have a three-car garage across the river. <laughs> <laughs> That's just I get it. I get it. I totally I see it in my yeah. head. But anyway. Well, he's got three cars now, but the mm-hmm. twenty thirteen Touareg TDI yes. is with him in Manhattan, mm-hmm. so the three car garage currently has a slot that is unfilled. Do you have one of the bumper cover things we were just talking about, <laughs> exactly. the bumper mats for, for that Touareg? Because you, you, you've said that Touareg just lives in the city and does all of the difficult city stuff. It's the one that you beat on. You're fine with it. But what you have is, again, the three-car garage across the river that is just for fun cars. <laughs> I can't believe that okay? statement. 2002 Honda S2000, 2007 Porsche Cayman S, and an open slot with a question mark hovering above it. You can see it, can't you? You can see I, the question mark hovering above garage. the spot. The Toreg doesn't need to go in this garage. It is just the fun car garage. And so he's coming to us and saying, guys, let's fill this spot in the garage. I love it. Well, he's turning 40 next year. He's looking for a birthday gift to himself. And he's looking for something to fit three specific criteria. First of all, it must be special. Okay. Now you've got two other very special cars, and of yes. course, Agreed. you Agreed. know he's thinking, you know, could I have a 911 to have the front mid-engine, mm-hmm. you know, rear mid-engine, and then a true rear-engine car to yeah. have yeah, the yeah. balance? But I don't know that I'm going all the way 911 for you there. Okay. So he said the second criteria it must have a distinctly different driving experience from these other two cars, mm-hmm. this 2000 mm-hmm. Cayman. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. I mean that can be accomplished by virtue of where the engine goes in the car. It can or just the makeup or whatever. Yeah. Sure. And then he says finally. It needs to have a manual transmission. He only drives on the weekends for fun. He doesn't commute. He's got a short walk to work. And then his commute is to the three-car garage across the river. The Touareg is almost the, I'm going to go drive for fun vehicle. I'm going to commute in that across the river to my three-car garage and pick (laughs) pick a toy, which is great. I love this, by the way. I mean, do you you have the the remotes so when you arrive at your garage, all three doors go up and... (laughs) Dun, da, 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 the music plays. You know, and you decide what car should I take. You out know what today? our friend Steve needs. <laughs> Steve, do you have a friend of yours that you trust that lives closer to this garage than you? Here's my here's my challenge. You know the cups game where oh where you no, put thing in, you, know, you shuffle <laughs> the, the, the walnut shells game. What, what, or whatever, what, yeah. what I think you need is you need whichever whichever car remote works one of the doors. And you have this friend that randomly, before you show up, oh goes and gosh. shuffles the cars. And so you show up. Look, I'm way off into the weeds here. But you go, wow. you go and you hit the one button and whatever car happens to be behind there, that's what you're driving today. You just never know. It's like a lottery with your own vehicles. I, I like this so much. I know what so first much. world problem this falls under. This isn't even a first world is problem. It even a it's a problem? fantastic problem, by the way. I really, really wow. do like it. All right. So he says, yes, the obvious candidate is the 911 Porsche. Because both the S2K and the, and the Cayman are already heavily modified to be fun weekend cars with occasional track day. And he is known, he says, I'm notorious for modifying my cars. So I do need to give some room for mods, especially high-quality suspension, wheels, and tires. So whatever he gets, probably that's the first thing that's going to happen. Mm-hmm. All right, fair enough. 
And as you might su- suspect, the budget is pretty good. It's between fifty and seventy-five thousand dollars. Wow. Okay. Good. I don't even Excellent. know that I need to really push on that at all. That's bravo. All That's quite great. Healthy Fantastic. and lovely. Fantastic. I love it. So it's not a problem that <clears throat> all of us have, but uh, sure, fun to think about. It is for sure. He'd be looking at a nine-nine-six GT3 or maybe a turbo, since they're both obviously special. I've got the bulletproof Metzger engine. Yeah. He's considered the first-gen NSX, a pre-OBD two nine-nine-three, air cooled nine-nine-three. He said, I'm also thinking about a Lotus Evora 2 plus 2, which, yeah. All very different. Lovely. All very good. Yeah, I like it. like it. Yeah. So he's got this budget. He said, I wouldn't go too crazy. He wants to be <clears throat> responsible, in air quotes. In quotes. Because <laughs> I, I, ultimately, <laughs> at the end of the day, he is filling garage spot number three across the river, which is nice. <laughs> I, I, you know what, Steve? You and I need to be friends. I like this story <laughs> no, very, kidding. very much. All right, so what else? He said, don't get too hung up on the budget. It's a guideline. Okay. And he also doesn't have any problem owning something older. It said it does have to be a proper driver's car and at yeah. least yeah, yeah. reasonably reliable. Okay, like it. Like Gets it. driven on the weekends anyway, so yeah, it's not like for sure. commuting every day. For sure. So yeah. Okay. So I had two websites that I wanted to, to start you off with. First of all is Enthusiast Auto. Oh, sure. The AG, yeah. the BMW yeah. folks. Are yeah, they have. Special lovely, tasty things. They have the nicest, most expensive, nice BMWs on the planet. Yeah. Yeah. But then there's also, in New Jersey, Top Gear Porsche. It's actually... They're uh, so excited. They have their URL. They can't stand themselves. They are over in Paramus. Oh, actually, Saddlebrook, New Jersey. Okay. So not far from you. You could hike over there and see what they've got. But I had this crazy idea for you. Just like Todd had the Craigslist idea. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah. And you were saying... Type in 3,000, yeah. whatever comes Be up. Be surprised. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. What if you did that with bring a trailer? Because, Ooh. Steve, you are in the unique position that none of us are in to be able to sniper shot and get the car. You've got the cash ready to go, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and a thing comes by, and you think, I just, I have to have that for no other reason than an emotional reason because I just mm. want it. Mm. And you've got the cash ready to go, and maybe it's bid at you know fifty, sixty, and you come in with a seventy thousand dollar bid, leaves you five sure, grand for sure, sure, yeah. Well, five grand will really get your wheels and tires, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And you come in with something, and it's because of that emotional thing that bring a trailer touches in all of us. Yeah, that none of us get to capitalize on. And you can say, ah, maybe it's a special build car that you've been wanting. Maybe okay. it's okay. Well, I've always kind of thought I'd like a. You know, an example is a Cobra. It's, you know, maybe not the greatest sure. example, but I, I like a Cobra and I want to paint it this way and it's just for me. I want a special 356 replica or a Porsche 550 Spider build or mm-hmm. something like mm-hmm. that. Yeah. That is a yeah, yeah. special replica build that's just for you because it's got to be unique. If you're filling a third garage after these two brilliant cars that mm-hmm. are, you know, on our usual sh- suspects short list They're for both driving. Good, period. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 So I thought, all right. How about something that is the slow car fast thing? Mm-hmm, the thing mm-hmm. that is just delightful. It gets you looks, but it's inexpensive, and people just cheers. It goes by. An original Mini Cooper S. The tiny Ooh, thing. The people little, like, little tiny guy. I like yeah, it. Yeah, that's so cool. Right on, bro. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I like it. Or the AutoZam AZ1 K cars. Oh, there you go. I mean, they're only $14,000, but windshield replacements are $3,000, <laughs> so that'll leave you, <laughs> so, you know, a lot of room yeah, left in case you, you can crack drive around you're okay with it, yeah. How about something JDM? You go after a Skyline. Mm. I mean, the chase can be part of the fun here. You don't have to yeah. just check yeah, the box. Yeah, yeah. I got You're the right. garage filled right. and the door slams closed and ha. Ah, yeah. Whew. Yeah. You can go after, you know, a long extended chase. And that's why I suggest to bring a trailer because, you know, we're just scrolling and yeah, all the usual suspects. Oh, Evo 8. 
mm, comes okay. by. Yeah, like, yeah. huh, that's kind of different and noisy and buzzy and crazy. Or how about a BMW Z1? Oh, if you can find one. Enthusiast Auto has one for $99,000. Yeah, of course they do. But of maybe you could find do. one somewhere else. But they're now available in the United States. Mm. So what about, you know, the, the doors that slide straight down? A Z1. Had doors a minute ago. Now they're gone. Nobody. You would never see yourself coming you're right, and going. You're right. You're right. Yeah. And it's just, it's that special occasion car where it's just, it's for very special driving and that's it. It's, mm-hmm. it's. A particular destination car is all yeah. it is. Yeah, yeah. Because you've got track, you've got sport driving covered, and mm-hmm. this is just for maybe it's some four wheel drive, maybe it's a crazy monitor safariized something like a Safari Mondial or something like that. <laughs> God, stop. <laughs> I mean, I thought of the BMW One M. That is okay. kind of like the perfect trio yeah. right there. Yeah, it's it's a that'd be a really good ad. I, That's I agree a with that. Yeah, tasty car. You yeah, can yeah. get them for right in your budget mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah, but I'm just thinking something more in the. Well, that's a crazy... I didn't see that coming. You have a 60s Cadillac DeVille in there? Mm-hmm. Holy cow. Yeah. And it's yeah, yeah. it's not fast. It's not sporty. But you just love driving it. And people like just this. look at you as yeah, you roll by. I like, see it. I see it. Who are you driving that 62 Lincoln Continental with the suicide doors? Like, who yeah. are you? Yeah. What, I like what it. on earth? I like it. You know? Something yeah, crazy. this is great. This is great. You and I both have kind, kind of lengthy lists. And Steve, I want to run through uh, lots of variations. I want to tell you the reasons for all my variations. They don't all check check all your boxes. I will admit that. But I think the key thing that Paul and I are both landing on here is you need a different experience entirely. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And while I like the 996, 911s you're looking at, I don't think they are different or unique enough. I think you can go more interesting places. Yeah. So I've got a lot of options I want to throw at you. For, they're all over the map. They're all very different. But I'm just going to run through a few here. The other thing I'm pondering here, and I'm really wondering this, Steve, honestly, if we found a car that is a little less hardcore than the two you currently have, but it's still excellent to drive. Is there a chance, you walk to work, is there a chance that car becomes the transit car? It's the third garage slot, but it's also taking the place of the Touareg. It's the one going back and forth because it's a little more GT car, a little more usable. I mean, we don't know where the Touareg is parked and what safety is surrounding the Touareg. So let me go somewhere a little oddball along those lines for a minute. Fiesta ST... Yeah. Or Veloster N. I like those. Two fantastic front-wheel drive cars. But there's no reason to be precious. So let's go back and forth into Manhattan in your Fiesta ST or your Veloster N. And just enjoy it. Yeah. Just yeah. just have the snarly exhaust and the dart through traffic and the turbo punch when you need it when you're coming, coming over a bridge. All of this stuff that can work... But it doesn't need to be precious, and it's totally different because it's front-wheel drive craziness than the two cars you have. You have lightweight rear-wheel drive classic Roadster nailed with the S2000. You have mid-engine analog completely killed with the Cayman. Hmm. Front-wheel drive goodness, which there is such a thing. Front-wheel drive goodness with some turbo punch is very different than both of those. It is. That's very true. So I'm just putting it – I know I'm I'm, I'm starting like in wildcard territory. I know that's in there. Also in my wildcards, other end of wildcards price-wise, but follow me. The Mercedes GT. It's the 911 Uh, alternative, but what you don't have – and it's a little bigger, but what you don't have is you don't have something that is big growly engine. Yeah. And that Mercedes GT is, and it's fantastic to drive. It frightens everybody. You could. Mothers pulling children off the streets. You could GT car that thing and go on a road trip for the heck of it. You could drive it around Manhattan. 
You could commute wherever you want. It's completely different than your other two cars. It is only an automatic, mm-hmm. which is the problem with that, which is why that one's a wild card. Also in the automatic category, but completely different, you do have the equivalent of one C8 monetary unit. Oh, You could a get point. a C8. Japanese, German, American in that garage. The continents. And you end up with a car that is brand new right now. You have a car from more than 15 years ago in your S2000. You have a car from just over 10 years ago in your Cayman. You could have a brand new C8. Hmm. Hmm. Very different technology, very different feel. I don't even have to drive the C8 to know this, okay? You could get yourself a C8 and have a completely different experience there as well. Now I'm going to get stuff that I think is a little closer to where you need to be. Aston Martin Vantage. Used. Sure, sure. It does a lot of the, the Mercedes GT stuff, but you can get it in a manual. And it's just classy. It's not the high-strung thing that the other two cars it's are. It's not. It's more GT car. Yeah. Different flavor, but fun. There's yeah. that one. I have to say it, <clears throat> Ferrari Mondial, <laughs> Love or that 308, Love or 328, which of that yes. era could you get? Get an actual classic Ferrari with a gated shifter. Be careful of your maintenance, but that's a totally different feel there, too. It's not going to feel like either of your other cars at all. That gated shifter is worth the 50K alone. It's, uh, that, I've, I mentioned it in the Mondial discussion. I mentioned it on the podcast that we did with those guys as well. I think that was Ferrari's secret magic. It's not a, a shift, fast shift. It's not. But there's something special about those old Ferrari gated shifters. Sure, I didn't believe sure. it until I drove a few and then kind of went, yeah, yeah, there's something here. And that so, was thanks to our friends at Griot's. We drove completely. the 550 Marinello with the gated shifter yes. and then also the, Mar- the Mondial. Yes magic. And since you're a Porsche guy, I'm going to land here and then I'm going to walk away, Steve. Lots to think about here for you, man. You said you're a Porsche guy. You have a Cayman S. You thought about a 996. I hear you. Not the 996. You need a classic air-cooled 911. And I think you need to be shopping late 80s Carrera 3.2 with the good G50 transmission. Yeah, that would be cool. It's well within your budget. It's an older 911. It has all of the old Porsche magic. It's going to feel very different than your Cayman, and it's going to feel much more this-is-definitive 911 than the 996 would. It's small, lightweight. They're reliable. you got to keep them running, but they're reliable. They're fun to drive, and it's a totally different feel than the other two cars you have mm. in them out. Wow. Love it. All right. Uh if you've got, uh, you know, the list of driving homework that we've given you or, you know, you've got the car conclusions for both of you, or please write to us. You're we'd filling love to know. your own remote garage. We'd love to hear that, too. Yeah, yeah, no kidding. Photos would be great. You know, we'd love to see those, too. There's uh, so many great questions. Thank you, guys. As I said, it's like there was a pent-up demand, and I <laughs> love it. So there was also an email that came in a while back from Daniel J that we have not been able to get to, but as of tomorrow... In Grand Rapids, Michigan, are sale two 90s cars that he would like to take to Radwood, Detroit, 2019. Wow, okay. Which is tomorrow, actually. Oh, well, we're just coming in under the wire. So just under the wire. <laughs> Buy it tonight. So I'm anyway. curious, at this point, have you bought either of these cars? He said, both are 3200 bucks. Which is more interesting or unique or the better value? Okay. 91 Mitsubishi Galant with 23,000 original miles. Okay. Automatic, showroom condition. It's not the VR4. Got it. Got it, got it, yeah. Or a 1996 Toyota Previa supercharged rear-wheel drive minivan. He said it's got 198,000 miles, but single-family owned, Florida van, excellent condition, no rust, all maintenance for Radwood. You're showing up with a bunch of car guys and the tongue-in-cheek nature of Radwood. I'm going van. Are you? I'm going van. (laughs) 
that preview is pretty weird and unique, actually. You pull that up, you open the doors, you walk away. I may be with you. If it were the Gallant VR4, I'd say go that direction personally, mm-hmm. but it's not. It's just a regular Gallant. So, yeah, the van might be. I can hear the people walking by going, a Previa! <laughs> I can hear it <laughs> totally. right now. Yeah. Totally. All right. So, Daniel, sorry we weren't able to get to that debate, but let us know what you get. Have a great time. And uh, we've got a lot more questions on here. You've got a bunch for your from your trip for Yellowstone. I have a, so, I went to Yellowstone in the, uh, the brand new Toyota Sequoia, the TRD Sport. Which right, right has blacked out grill and wheels and yay but it also has sport tune transmission which was actually part of my issue with this okay because i think i i will admit that i've driven the tahos and the yukons and the expeditions and those guys i haven't driven all of them like last week it's been a bit okay but this is what the sequoia competes against in fact i kept thinking this is toyota's direct competitor to the tahoe and yukon because it's not full suburban length but it is three rows Okay, and it has full four by four running gear, and it weighs six thousand pounds. I mean, it's it's like a Tundra with a suburban back. It is the Tundra with with a backpack. It's It's exactly what it is. It's got the space down the middle that middle rows missing. Park it next to a Tundra and go. This is the same thing. It's exactly what it is. Yeah, I think it. Here's here's. Let me find this. If you drive a Silverado or an F-150 or those kind of things, the way that they're sprung in the rear is to be pickups, to carry a bunch of stuff sure, in the back. Sure. And so they don't typically ride as well as the Yukons and Suburbans and those kind of things, which the rear suspension is done differently so that they ride better to just be family hauler cruisers. Right, right. I think that the sport suspension on the Sequoia makes it feel more like a pickup suspension. It's not as lush and absorbent of bumps as I would like it to be, and I remember those Tahos and Yukons being. I mean, is it a, a package, a trim package that needs to exist on the Sequoia? Well, because the a, Sequoia is not inherently, you're not taking corners in the Sequoia. True, true. I mean, but you I, are for doing Yellowstone trips. Yeah, exactly. I, I mean, still, but but yes, I, I take get your point. That. No, I, and here's the thing: it does it does settle into corners and all that kind of thing. I just I never felt like it was as grounded as I'm used to those big boys feeling mm-hmm. when it was in corners or it did take bumps. I thought it felt lightweight for such a big heavy vehicle. I thought it felt strangely light. Only. If you wear absolute cinder block shoes, you have got to cram <laughs> yeah. on the gas pedal and the brake. You do, yeah. If and and it took you know that thing where cars kind of learn, you know, it took that combination of me learning the car and it learning me for a couple of days before it realized, oh, when you tell me gas, you mean gas. <laughs> Exactly. You know, how deep I had to get into the pedal to get kicked down. No, kick down again. We're, we need to go currently. Yeah. So yeah. It, it does have a 5.7 liter V8, which gets uh, gas mileage from a decade ago. But all these big guys do. I mean, it sure. gets gas mileage of 17, 18 miles to the gallon, which is not too surprising. Okay. Sure. How did you do on the trip when you're actually cruising? Uh, about 17, 18. That's okay. where we were. Okay. We were so you... right, around, right around high 17s, low 18s, okay. depending on right. what we were right. doing. So uh, we did a lot of mileage. We did all told about 1,000 miles in that car. Because once you get to Yellowstone, you think, I'm here. It's not like Yosemite, where you're here and the valley's four miles long, and you could bike it if you want. Right. You're here, and everywhere you want to go in the park is 20 miles away. Seriously. So you go to that place and see that geyser, and now the next one is 20 miles away another way, and then 20. And, and you realize you drove 200 miles today, and you saw four things. And then you look at each They're other gorgeous. and think, where are we going to eat? Exactly. They're gorgeous, but you did a lot of driving today. I can hear in the, the Jim park. Gaffigan. Yes. Just, I can hear him right totally. now. Like, just eat and then eat something. And that's a nice geyser. Where are we going to eat? Totally. So all of that. I, I did actually like the Sequoia because it's huge and we had tons of space. The five of us yeah. and gear 
I did not have, and this is always a pet peeve of mine, I did not have things packed to the window so I couldn't see out. We had gear low enough that I could see out. My son loved being in the half bench in the back by himself. Did he really? He had his phone. He had his headphones. My son was like radio silent for hours. So you're saying it, you solved the problem. In in that regard, <laughs> yes. In that regard, yes. Also, he's far enough back that when he'd say something, he'd be like, are, are you... Are you speaking to me? Which is crazy because you know my son. He has an unbelievable level of volume all the time. Yeah, he does. So uh, he can in fact, one of my favorite things that happens with my son and, and his Uncle Paul all the time is my son will run over all excited to see him and he will tell him a story in, in okay, you, we've all seen Seinfeld, uh, where he's a close talker when he has people he likes. But he's a close talker using his voice from across the room. And Paul, right. Paul will say as nice as can be, I'm right here. I'm, I'm, right, I'm right here. I try. And then, and then he'll try to bring the volume down. But he gets so excited. He gets so loud. But here we are in this. In he's this, so excited to share, though. It, yeah, totally. He's so passionate about so many things, which I love. He is. He I is. He's got, there's a lot of passion in that little guy. But he would say something in the back. I'd be like, is my son speaking to me? <laughs> which never happened. So that was cool. Now, Good. overall, I liked it. Uh, if you're in the market for something that big, it needs to be cross-shopped. Okay. I think the Americans have ruled this area for a long time because of the Tahoes and Suburbans and Explorers and all this kind of thing. Sure. You need to get in the Sequoia because it, it's way too big for me. But I, I got back in but the Cayenne. But it was Cayenne. perfect for your trip. I got in the Cayenne and was like, this is a sports car. Right, but, right. And it's only 1,000 pounds less. But it was perfect <laughs> for what we were doing. And we used, my wife and I yeah. used to own a, a Yukon years ago and we loved it. It felt very similar to that in scale. Interesting. So it's very good if you're in the market for one. It's not my, it's not my bag, baby. <laughs> nice reference. Uh, yeah, I was actually thinking about the hybridization of the large cars, the large mm-hmm. SUVs mm-hmm. like this, because it would theoretically give them a reason to still exist. You know what I mean? So we've got maybe a lesser powered engine, but it's got the electric yeah, motor the electric helping assist. things yeah, out. For sure. It'll give you a better range than you know, better fuel it. mileage, but it, it still gives you a reason to have body on frame giant yeah. SUV well, that would actually justify it. What if Toyota took their hybrid technology, which is in the RAV4, which is in you know all kinds of things, yeah. if they scaled that up, yeah. and now the uh, Sequoia, instead of having like a 300 horsepower, 400 pound feet of torque V8 has got like a... 250 and 300 v6 and the hybrid assist yeah you might get into 25 28 miles to gallon quick review here uh slc car spotting asked a question about places to go in yellowstone uh you need to see all the major the major highlights that you're already aware of you need to do the the old faithful you need to do grand prismatic you need to do all that kind of stuff but be prepared to drive between things Interesting. And wind up in traffic driving. No kidding. You will have somebody in front of you who who has never seen a curvy road. They have a Kansas license plate, and they are terrified. <laughs> I saw that all weekend. So be aware of that. So be be cautious in that regard. Uh, Thomas G22 answered your question. I did like the vehicle. And then uh, Anaswar said he's about to take his first long-distance driving trip. Hmm. I think this relates. To, I just did a lot of it. He's asking for tips. He's never driven very far to push. Take breaks every couple of hours. You yeah. can go the three, four-hour thing, but take breaks every couple of hours. Yeah. If you're in the car by yourself or you're in the car with people who don't want to engage, have an audio book or podcast or whatever that you can plug in the headphones and you can, you can be listening to that. It helps you not speed and not be worried about, have I only gone five more miles? And cruise control. Absolutely. Absolutely. I would add one thing to that, and that is to look around frequently because it's so easy to get tunnel vision just staring ahead. You're on the long, straight freeway. Absolutely. Cruising yes, along, yes. and you're plugged into your audiobook or podcast or whatever. 
but let your eyes look down, glance down at the screen, glance way out to the horizon to your left, look behind you, like physically turn around, just look behind you at something, like make your eyes focus on different things constantly so you're not just... I'm staring at the perspective dot on the horizon way out there, and you'll, yeah, your your brain will go into sleep mode. Totally. Yeah. When so you start zoning look around. out, yeah, check those mirrors. If somebody comes up, uh, nobody should ever sneak up behind you and you be surprised, and no 18-wheeler should suddenly appear beside you and you can't believe you caught him. You should be checking everything all the time, which gets difficult, and that's where the, the brakes are helpful too. A couple of questions off of Twitter here. Adam D. says, how long do you test drive a car while doing homework mm. before you pick the type of vehicle you want to buy next? So this is before you even whittle it down to your final choices. Yeah, he yeah, says yeah. the 15-minute test drives most dealers give don't seem like enough. You're right about that. And you can't do the real good driving homework if you're still at the higher level of what class of vehicle. Am I pickup truck, SUV, mm, am I mm. sedan, am I, you know, hot hatch, whatever that is. If you're still at categorization before you get down into the weeds of, all right, these are my top three hot hatches that I want mm-hmm. to drive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Then I would say there's a there's an evaluation just of your own needs. Like, what am I going to be using this car for? Like, yeah. Do I need to do Home Depot runs? Do I need <laughs> what What do I need out of it? Yeah. And kind of look back at the last year of driving, you know, in your own life, and say, all right, here's what I want. But you know what? I'm willing to sacrifice that if I can get the small thing. And all right, so we've got that settled, which now gives me the categorization to go spend time. And the best thing you can do with dealers is say, I've really kind of whittled things down. Mm -hmm. I'm a serious buyer. I'd like to do longer than 15 minutes. Mm -hmm. Could we do an hour? Could, could we go to lunch in the next city over you and I, I'll take you to lunch. The salesperson be like, that salesperson won't have any problem getting out of the dealership. (laughs) Or I can't imagine they would. Or, or some on, kind of suggestion. Depending like that. on who you are, they might they might then stay at the dealer and let you go for a while. I they mean, very all well these could. Things are possible. Some dealers give overnight test drives. I mean, they by do. that point, they expect they've got you. But that happens as well too. But if they, you know, kind of sense that you are a serious buyer, you've whittled it down. Like I am at two cars right now. I really need to know. But I've got financing ready to go, or I've got cash in hand. I'm ready to buy. I just need to make sure this is for me and you ask nicely, and they really mm-hmm. determine, and they want your business, I can't imagine that they would say no. Nope, here's the pre-planned route. It's three blocks long. Yeah, yeah. You know, I can't imagine they'd do that. And I, I think most dealers are willing to work with you in that sense. There's also a question from Josh here on Twitter. Is it okay to get annoyed by people putting only 25% of their tire on the curb? So meaning the rest of the tires hanging out into <laughs> open space. So this can't be good for tire structure to support all that weight. For not for very long, certainly. Yeah. You don't want to do that for an extended period. You like park it for a week. I can't imagine that'd be too good. But <laughs> you'd be surprised at how robust the carcass of a tire is and how how much abuse it can take. You'd be surprised. And you can get away with it just fine. It's just parking is hard. <laughs> parking is hard, yeah. Parking is so hard. It's just the you know, flat spots over the winter that, you know, you don't wanna Yeah, that and the battery doesn't work anymore. Exactly. I need a battery tender for the Lotus. Anyway, Barbara asked an interesting question. She <laughs> said the natural Nat- National Highway Transportation Safety Agency is considering the whole cameras as side mirrors thing. Now, car designers, you know this coming. have been talking about it for decades. But it's actually being considered now and might come. And she says, is this the beginning of the end when everything gets designed to be pods? Barbara, I'm going to say to you, no, I think this is only a good thing. 
And here's why. And you can speak to this any, even more than I can, Paul. But one of the biggest struggles that car designers have with wind buffeting and wind issues are those big elephant side mirrors. Mm. And the best example you can, I can think of in modern time is look at the first generation leaf. The reason it's so ugly, and yes, it's ugly. The reason it's so ugly with those weird long lights and the big arrow shape is because they created the whole front end to create airflow pockets that missed the mirrors because that helped them with uh, buffeting and also gas mileage. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If those yep. mirrors are just tiny little stalks, it takes away a huge buffeting zone. If you've ever rolled down a window and there's just way too much buffeting, it's, it's b- bouncing off the mirror. Okay, and different places have got different mirror restrictions. If we could get down to little cameras, and it would, and also look at this: a lot of early concept cars have no mirrors. That's yeah. one of the reasons it looks yeah. so beautiful. So I think it'd be great if they can figure this out. I don't think it's the harbinger of the pods. I think it's actually helpful if we can make it happen. I mean, it is more complexity and more electronics, and therefore, yes, yes, yes for I sure. suppose more things to short out or go wrong. Get water in the thing, and it stops working. Maybe. And then, you know, it's like the key rant that you and I have. Like, what if somebody just invented a key that you put in the ignition and you turn and the car starts magically? Think about it like the back of a fork. Imagine like the back of a fork. You stick the back of a fork and you turn it and it works. How strange. Wouldn't that be crazy? Yeah. I I think it's coming. I think it's going to be introduced more and more. But ultimately, I think it'll be a good thing because of, of screen resolution now. Yeah. Yeah, I can see it. Bad car disease on Instagram asks, what makes a wagon a wagon? Hmm. He sees hatches okay. like the Honda Fit or GTI and doesn't think wagon, but recently purchased a first-gen Mazda Speed 3, and he sees wagon. Hmm. I think ultimately it's the platform that it's built on. Okay, okay. Whereas I look at the brand new Regal Tourx, yeah. it's a luxury wagon. It's not okay. built on a chassis that is designed to be a hot sports car. Like, true, you know, true, all true. the Avants yeah. I see is, you know, the, the A4, the... Uh, the off-road stuff, the all-road, yeah, yeah. or mm-hmm. you know, the new RS6 that is coming to America. Yeah, wickedly expensive and wildly fast and fun. Yes, that's that's back and forth for me. But that's a that's a hot rod. That's Audi's hot rod that just yeah. happens to have three glass panels on the back. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, yeah. it's for got sure. more space. For sure. But I think it ultimately comes down to the kind of platform that it's you know the car that it's built on. And then that determines, of course, the size. But then size doesn't always necessarily speak to wagon even though the new volvo v90 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. is a huge wagon yeah 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 and i do think wagon when i see it so it's kind of i think it's both and there's a gray area for a lot of cars I th- but hatchbacks no i don't see wagon i think it's a visual thing and i think it's person to person but i think it's a visual thing that relates to how vertical is the rear glass the rear glass okay. of the hatch. Okay. If, it's a, if it's a raked thing, like the Honda Civic right now. Sure. it That's always going to look like a hatchback. Okay? 14 degrees, wagon. 13 degrees, not wagoning. <laughs> so the rear hatch, uh, that's part of it. But the other thing is, I think it has to look like the back part is a rectangle, not a square. Hmm. It has to look like it's hmm. long enough, which your Mazda Speed 3 is. That's long enough, visually, that that roof is definitely a rectangle. Versus okay. a GTI, that roof is a square. Okay. I'm, I'm, okay. I'm but it depends on cars. Here. It depends on the And it depends on the car. visual look, for sure. Yeah. Absolutely. Hmm. 
Interesting. All right. Any other questions you got on here? Uh, Chris uh, L. asks a tough question here. He says, what if we don't raise enough money on the fundraiser to get both of these crazy sedans? Would we consider getting just the Phaeton because we've talked about it since the dawn of the podcast? <laughs> I don't know yet, Chris. I, I don't know on that. You ask a secondary question that is a room full of wakes, rakes, but I'm going to wait on, my, on, on in there anyway. You said, um, why, why don't we do a YouTube video and ask for people to donate via YouTube and, and let people on YouTube know that listen to the podcast? I, I'm not going to do it, Chris. I'm going to tell you why. Because the YouTube commenters don't listen to the podcast, don't understand us as well as you guys do. And here's here's right, I, I, I right. can hear it already. I guarantee you, Chris, it won't be all of them, but it'll be at least half. If I post a video saying, hey, we want to do this, half the comments are going to be, aren't you guys on TV? Why are we buying you cars? Yeah, aren't you rolling or, in cash yeah. and something to the, the fact that of we that. Yeah. have never actually been very financially successful on YouTube? The fact that we are independent TV producers, which the pro is, we get a lot of control. The con is, we don't get paid what people think of when they think yeah. TV money. Yeah, we're thrilled to do this full time. Okay, but we've taken a serious look at the finances of the show and gone. We'd love to spend the money to do the production on those cars, but just can't create the liquidity to buy them outright. I don't want to have to try to explain that to YouTube trolls. And if this drops on YouTube, I guarantee you the the primary commentary would just be, why are we buying your cars now? Right. So I right. just I, – I would like to have less of that stress in my life. So <laughs> you guys listening to the podcast, thank you for understanding. I understand in some cases we have to keep explaining it because it does seem weird, but I appreciate you guys listening to why we've even done it and the fact that you guys through our patrons and our Discord even encourage us to do it in the first place. So hopefully it'll happen. If it doesn't, Chris, well, that's reality. Yeah, and ultimately we're tying it back to a shopping experience. We're not just tying into, yeah. hey, we spent other people's money and bought these cars and woohoo. Yeah. <laughs> it, it still comes down to, huh, this actually has come up in discussions. Use BMW 7 Series, new Toyota Camry. <laughs> Which should I buy? You know, it, it. those kinds of discussions have come up since the dawn of everyday driver <laughs> and before, so we yes. would tie it into shopping experience but we still we waffle back and forth between inform entertain make a snarky comment tell you something you need to know make a snarky comment's always in there yeah, yeah there's always sure snark. it is yeah all right last question for me from drew v what is the best way to convince people that they need good fundamentals on a car <laughs> instead of good features mm. <clears throat> for instance you can now get heated and cooled seats in a chevy malibu or even a Kia <laughs> forte but there are much more rewarding cars available for those prices and even in those segments the only thing you can do is get them driving on a different road, maybe even their favorite road, but get them driving something that does have good dynamics. But to be able to do that, for, for that person to be able to start to extract an experience out of that, they've got to improve it as drivers, do they not? Mm. They've got to ramp up their driving skills a little bit because they can't bring a commute mindset to a Hyundai Veloster N because... Shift to 3,500. Shift to 3,500. There's nothing to this car. I don't get it. Why do I have to shift it myself? I don't want to shift it myself. That's so. There's the they they have to have the um, you know the interest. I guess. I think that's key. Ramping yeah. up first. Yeah, yeah, you can't. Sure. My mom always said you can lead a horse to water. You can't make him drink. You know. Yeah, for sure. So they've got to have the interest to begin with. But then if there's any inkling, if there's there's a crack in the door. You jam your foot in it, say, well, <laughs> boy, do I recommend recommendations for you. <laughs> let us let us force you into being a car enthusiast. Exactly. Trust us. It will be fun. I'm going to hold you down. It's our own little cult. <laughs> exactly. Look out. No, but you've got to start probing with questions because if they truly aren't, that's okay. If they're yeah. not into it, there are those people. I don't know if they're listening to the podcast. They are listening okay. to the podcast. I mean, we have, we have fought against the appliance mindset 
of cars. It isn't your refrigerator. It isn't your toaster. They may be very cool, but they do the job you need them to do, and it's very cool that they did, and you're done. It comes down to achievement, a personal achievement, and I did that thing better. I improved my skill as a driver. Yeah. If that's there and that interest is there, that's your in. I mean, look, I'm going to go to a weird uh, analogy real quick. Have you ever met a person who's like an avid runner? Like they, they're excited about the fact that they only did 100 miles this week. I mean, they run all the time, okay? Yeah, right. That person talking to somebody who doesn't like to run, there's a real non-equal sign there, okay? <laughs> right. If, if you're having a conversation with somebody who, who literally all they do is zombie commuting, they want the heated and cooled seats, and the dynamics are irrelevant. Yeah, that's true. So that's you're not going to bridge that gap uh, unless they have gone, why do you like cars? Why do you like driving? Now there's a conversation. Otherwise, it's just, you know what? Get your heated and cooled seats and save, save yourself some money. And you know, ultimately, you can't go drive for them and take them on a ride and show them because- No, you'll scare them. They'll <laughs> say, you don't have to impress me. <laughs> Discarding handfuls of upholstery. I, I don't need to be impressed. And why do you like this anyway? You, you will not be friends for much longer or certainly won't be driving anymore. <laughs> I have an, a last question that is another room full of rakes. I'm picking all of those from Dammit Patton said, okay, Amazon is ordering, they say, $100,000 electric vans from Rivian. Oh, yes. Many other companies are investing in Rivian heavily. This is a great question, by the way. He's saying, hang on a second. Hang on. Rivian seems to be the darling right now of other companies in social media, and Tesla is getting media backlash. What's the difference? Aren't both companies selling future tech that they haven't necessarily accomplished yet? What's the difference? Why is Tesla getting criticized and Rivian's being being a darling? Here's here's my my take on this right now. Rivian is A, the new kid on the block. Yeah. Okay? Yeah. And they are at the beginning of the uh, angel investor arc. Okay? They're still in the honeymoon phase. They're at the very beginning of, oh, my gosh, have you seen these guys? I mean, let's be honest. Why on earth did Faraday Future get initial investment? Why on earth did all these other companies get initial investment when Tesla already existed? Why? Mm-hmm. Because they are the new one, and somebody wants to be on the ground floor of the new thing. Also, Rivian has gotten some very cool design language and some stuff that looks very doable. They aren't so yeah. even. I mean, look, granted, Tesla has created a new standard for what's doable, but Rivian within that is going, yeah, that seems viable. Whereas the Faraday Future guys, from the first day, it was like, really, you're going to do that? Mm-hmm. Rivian seems mm-hmm. like, oh yeah, that seems like something you could do. But they're at the beginning of the arc. Tesla has burned so much money and goodwill saying, we're going to change the world, we're going to change the industry, we're going to be wildly successful. And Mr. Musk tweeting the weird idea he had this morning while brushing his teeth. All of these things, at some point, you wear out your welcome. Yeah, And, and yeah. It, starts to be, it starts to be the boy that cried wolf. Rivian is still the new kid going, look what I've done. If in 10 years Rivian is at the place they're at now, everyone will have left. Yeah, I would add to that production numbers because to your point, Tesla's in production now and they've promised this and you know haven't delivered on that and then they have delivered on this and they're Rivian is not in production. So True. they have the luxury of hey, you got 100,000 orders. Great. We promise it's going to be cool. It's going to be great when we get around to it. Whereas if yeah, Tesla promises agreed, something agreed. now, well, you have a factory, you have no more excuses. You better figure out how to build that mm-hmm. at cost for $35,000, which doesn't exist. You know, they've made the promises, some they've lived up to, some they've exceeded, some they haven't. Mm -hmm. 
And so because they're in production, if they, they're skewered, especially by Wall Street, especially by their investors, yeah, yeah, yeah. if they don't meet the thing they said they're going to do, because you don't have an excuse. You've got a factory. You've they, got people building these now. They've been around long enough now that when they say stuff, there's expectations put behind it that the your honeymoon phase is a great comment from you. That's where Rivian is. It's still at the, this is what we intend to accomplish. But if Rivian starts missing deadlines and can't do it and the stuff doesn't work or it always breaks, that's a problem. Tesla's in that next phase Mm -hmm. where they've got to deliver. It has to work. What about warranty thing? That's a different world. And that's when the backlash starts. So I took my dad for a ride one time when he visited me in L.A. And I had the first gen Cayman that I had. Mm -hmm. We we did a spirited drive up Stunt Road. (laughs) And the question that he asked me was, Aren't you afraid your tires are going to pop? <laughs> and you said it's not 1950. What? <laughs> pop? No. No. <laughs> anyway, it was fun, though. But but that's the changing perceptions on tech, though. Yeah, I mean, you sure. and I are driving very different tires than 1950 tires. And, you yeah. know, I mean, I'm scared to get struck by lightning, too, but it doesn't plague me. You know, <laughs> I still walk outside. <laughs> Thank you guys for all your questions. We've got more to get to, obviously. Really appreciate the avalanche of questions. As always, we're looking forward to next time. Cheers, everyone.